This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here in studio. We've uh, got a very full show today. Uh, we'll be talking a lot about all the latest tech stories. want to start off uh, this week talking about 5G. You might have heard the term 3G and 4G as it relates to our uh, our smartphones and the, uh, the signals they use. Well, 5G is coming. We've uh, got our good friend Denny uh, Goudreau on the line from Intel. Did I get your name right, Denny? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me, uh, Mike. I really appreciate it. So uh, Denny uh, is with Intel, and uh, they're one of the leaders out there making the whole 5G world happen. Uh, Denny, tell our listeners what 5G is and what they can expect from it uh, when it uh, starts rolling in. So basically, 5G is really the next generation of a wireless network that's going to happen in a couple of years, right? So, and and it's it's more, I would say it's more than just a new generation from 4G to 5G is really a transformative network that will encompass everything in the network from the inside the data center, the core network, the edge network, the modem we have on our device, and it will be it will be a game changer as I would say when we did the move from analog to digital technology. So it's really a big big step forward for the industry. Well, and you brought up a good point there. You know, most people think of, uh, you know, when they hear 3G and 4G, they're just thinking about their smartphones. But, you know, explain to our listeners, like, what else uh, it's going to help enable uh, by going to 5G. What's going to make better? Yeah, so basically it will be all about speed for sure, right? And also the latency, so basically the time to access the information and also the uh, adaptability of the network itself, which will bring new use case. So basically in the next few years, we'll see the emergence of new technology like VR, MR, artificial intelligence, as we all know, like autonomous vehicle and stuff like that. So, And the moving to 5G will let all those new workload or use case to leverage that network, which will be dependent not just on speed, but also on lower latency. So basically the time for the network to react and preview the information. And that will let, I would say, the, the market or the industry to now connect also more devices. We've all seen the numbers that in the next few years will go from 50 billion to, we've seen number up to like 200 billion so machine-to-machine connectivity, uh, a car, a plane, a hospital, factories, all of those things will be built to leverage 5G because it won't be just, like you said, for a, a, a smartphone, right? Well, I mean, that's a, a great point. And you talked about, uh, you know, 50 billion devices out there that are all being connected, uh, you know, what they call the Internet of Things. But uh, hitting right up to 200 billion, I mean, that is just mind-boggling the amount of uh, things that will be all connected on uh, this, uh, this, this network. Uh, how is Intel involved in, in all of this, Denny? That's a very good question. So Intel, basically, we used to be known as to be a PC-centric company. In a couple of years, we start our transformation to move to be a data-centric company. So what that means by that is basically we'll be creating product and technology for device that will generate data. So like I say, what is a, a PC, a phone, car, a factory, a hospital, but or an IoT device, right? But also all the technology that will be needed to move all of, the, all of that data that will be created by those devices, and also all the technology to process all that data and use advanced analytics and all that stuff. So if you look at the 5G, that encompasses everything because it's 
the network is the data center that the telco provider used to process all your data, is the radio access, is the core network, and Intel, we do our product and technology and all those different uh, uh, subset of needed for 5G. So basically we have underlying technology, silicons, accelerators, library software, modem, radios, that goes on all those equipments that the Delco will be using for 5G. So literally uh, Intel inside everything now, <laughs> not just computers. Yeah, basically, yes, because that's the, the, the idea, right? When we move from a PC-centric company to a data-centric, so our market expands because before our technology or product was mostly in a PC, couple of server here and there. But when you look now at with the digital transformation happening and everything around data, so that opened up the or, or market to having uh, our technology everywhere, right? A good example I can give you is like the transformation of the network that is needed for 5G. Because if you look today at 3G or 4G, if you're a carrier, a, a telco, a Canadian telco, so they have what we call fixed function. So basically when you connect with your cell phone to a tower, and let's say you're watching something like a Netflix, something like that. So there's a lot of uh, encoding and decoding happening, right, for you to watch your video. And that's happening in what we call a fixed function box. Basically, there's a server dedicated just to do encoding and decoding. But if there's a lot of demand, let's say there's a, a, Leafs, a Leafs game or an Avs game, I should say, I'm from Montreal. <laughs> so, and a lot of people want to watch that game because it's Leafs again, Montreal. So the telco, if they want to provide a good customer experience, they will have to put more box in their network to provide that encoding and decoding, right? So, but when we move to 5G and what we call uh, network virtualizations, so basically they will be able to put a standard Intel x86 box and everything will be software defined. So basically the encoding and decoding is done by a software, not a fixed function box. So all the box in the data center or at the, at the tower in the cell will be exactly the same box. It's all virtualized and you can just spin up like new encoding and decoding service and to provide a better service. We give them a lot of flexibility, agility, which will be needed for 5G. And at the same time for service, because if there's an issue, they send a guy with a truck, you just need to have one box. And all that box can be used for firewall, intrusion detection, load balancing, access, transcoding, decoding, because all is virtualized and, and, and uh, software base so that's the big move with the 5g is the transformation of the network to be more agile and flexible that the telco has to do so that's the big big transformation that's going to happen we're talking with denis Gaudreau from intel uh, denis i want to thank you for joining us where can people find out more information about this so they can uh, tune on the intel.com and look for 5g or they can go on intel.ca also and look for 5G. So and you should find so all the information where Intel where we're playing on 5G. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Denny. Thank you so much, Mike. Have a good day. Still, lots more to talk about here on the show today. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk about some small business apps uh, for uh, business owners out there that'll make it easy to run uh, your company. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here in the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected, Mike Agarbo here in studio. Well, October is Small Business Month, so I thought uh, we'd uh, talk about some small business uh, apps and, and stuff to make your uh, business better. On the line, uh, we've got our friend Joel Olandeska, Olandeska uh, from SOS Charging Solutions. Thanks for joining us, Joel. 
Thanks for having me. Wanted to get you on the line. Uh, you've uh, got a great presentation where you talk about uh, all sorts of different uh, solutions and, and apps uh, businesses can use to be better. Uh, maybe let's start uh, with uh, accounting. Uh, what kind of things are you seeing out there that uh, make that a little bit easier uh, and take the stress out of it for uh, a business owner? Sure. Um, so when it comes to accounting, it's uh, I always like to say it, it varies, right, depending on uh, what stage your business is in and what you're willing to have as an, as an expense on a monthly basis. But I know, you know, in our, in our company's um, situation, because we were a startup from, you know, in the beginning, uh, spending money on a monthly basis was something that we had to really look at closely. So one of the first things I remember Googling when we started our business was free accounting software. <laughs> and, <laughs> and one of the first ones that came up was Wave Accounting. So Wave Accounting is a Canadian-run um, company, actually. And they literally are a $0 accounting system that is great to use. It's very intuitive. It looks awesome. You can send professional-looking invoices out there. And it gets you started in getting your transactions and your daily, your daily expenses, your daily income kind of all lined up properly so that you're actually getting a better view of what your company is doing financially, right? Um, so Wave is a, is a great system to use. I know some companies that, you know, are in their sixth, seventh year of business and they're still on Wave because it works well for them. And what, um, what kind of businesses would use that? Uh, like a, a small business? Uh, are there specific types of uh, companies that would uh, be better for? Yeah, in, in, in my experience and in our experience, um, mainly small businesses. And, and that's because of, um, you know, you, at the end of the year, when it comes to year end and you're having to produce reports and ledgers, et cetera, for your bookkeeping and accounting, a lot of that stuff... Um, you know, your accounting system plays a huge role in that. So the simpler everything is for you, especially as a business owner, and the simpler it is for you to take all that stuff and send it over to your accountant, the better everything is in the in the end, right? So it's win-win for you because it's simply a click of a button and it produces everything. Another win for you is because everything's simplified, there's not as much work being done on the accountant's end, depending on who you're working with, quote-unquote, um, which means less of a cost for the small biz owner. And as we all know, as small biz owners and entrepreneurs, like that, again, like I said in the beginning, that cost plays a huge role in it. So seeing a, a massive bill at the end of the year for your year-end to, to submit your taxes to the CRA, that plays a huge part, right? So that the going back to the original question of you know what kind of businesses wave fits into is i i would definitely say small biz let's uh move on to uh keeping track of your customers or trying to get uh get new ones and uh you know for uh, businesses out there, I always recommend looking at uh, you know a, a CRM or uh, a customer relationship management uh, software or or system. Uh, mm-hmm. What what ones do you like? CRM. So there's a, there are a few that I've um, had experience with, and there are a couple that I really like. And you know the first thing I'll point out is 
I think every company needs to have a CRM because it helps take you through that sales process from the first time you meet a customer all the way to invoice paid or whatever you want to call it through your process. But a lot of these CRMs that you found find nowadays, they're all online. Uh, they all have mobile app versions of it, so you're taking your CRM with you. But the biggest part of it is, like I said, it takes you from step A to step Z or however many steps you have in your sales process. Some of the ones that I've had experience with and quite enjoy, so you have something as, you know, you have big systems like Salesforce, uh, which your larger corporate companies use, uh, but you have other ones like HubSpot has a CRM, and that that works in conjunction with HubSpot marketing system. So if you have social media and all that and e-newsletters that get sent out, a lot of that works in conjunction with your HubSpot CRM. But then, you know, on, on the really simple side of things, and then again, going back to the costing, um, if you're a Google Suite user or if you use Gmail, there's, a, there's an extension called Streak that they have, and it's, it's free. It literally is an overlay that works over your, your Google account. You can turn it on and off. It's fully customizable like every other CRM system out there. And it even prompts you um, using, I guess, Google's machine learning. It'll kind of recognize how you interact with your customers. And it'll even prompt you to maybe say, this is a potential sale. It's a potential customer. And then they'll even nudge you when you haven't followed up with someone within the, a certain amount of time. So whether it be a week, a few days, or a month. Uh, yeah, so there's a few. There you've got stuff like Salesforce, something in the middle like HubSpot, and then something as simple as Streak. And Streak, uh, again, that ties in with the whole uh, Google suite. Uh, you know, it's tricky. I have a small business myself, and, you know, we use Salesforce uh, for a while. Um, but it it just gets really expensive <laughs> as you start adding more yeah, more exactly. more yeah. users to it. And uh, uh, you know, right. as a small business, I don't want to spend all that money <laughs> on that kind of stuff. Do you remember in the old days where you'd just go buy a CRM package and that would be good for a few years? I mean, you didn't have to keep paying monthly cloud fees uh, for it. Like, I mean, yeah. we were spending thousands of dollars a year on it. So uh, you know, we eventually moved exactly. on to an, another system, uh, Zoho, which we used uh, for a while, uh, which was. Uh, a lot cheaper, but uh, I haven't tried Streak. I'm going to have a, a look at that. Uh, let's talk about uh, marketing. Uh, what are some uh, apps uh, that you would recommend uh, for for businesses to look at? Yeah, when it comes to marketing, it's um, you know as we all know, marketing is a, it's so huge that it's very hard to really bring everything together. So there are a number of tools out there that'll help you kind of. Simplify how you handle your social media, how you handle your newsletters, um, and even how you create graphics for your social media. So, you know, one of the first ones I'm going to talk about is MailChimp. MailChimp is a great online system that helps you with your newsletter, e-newsletter type marketing. So you can load your, your customer base into there. Uh, it's all... It's all templated for the most part, so they've got some really cool templates already in there that might work very well with your company's brand. allows you to upload all your logos, allows you to match all of your brand colors, which is very important, and then off it goes. And then it gives you analytics on the back end because really 
when it comes down to it, the analytics side of things is what's really important because you want to know how people are, you know, reacting and interacting with what you're sending out there, right? So you've got MailChimp for your newsletters. Um, Hootsuite is a great tool for social media. So Hootsuite is a tool that allows you to connect all of your social media platforms within one system. It allows you to schedule posts out depending on when you want them to go out. Again, you're getting analytics on the back end. So again, you're getting another view of how people are reacting and interacting with your social media content. Yeah, we um, we use Hootsuite. It's uh, it, it's so much easier to have it all managed by that because you know you've got all those different platforms like Twitter and Facebook and and what have you. And instead of just kind of right. individually going into them, uh, Hootsuite's fantastic because you can schedule all of that stuff. So it actually has saved us a lot of time. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, we've been using it for a good few years, and it you know at first it was literally just something that we could post everything out and it it gets sent out on on its own. But we've learned to really use the back end of it, the analyzing, the numbers part of it, and that's where we really get the most use out of it because we we can do testing on whether one type of post is going to work better than another one, right? We're talking with Joel Lolandeska from SOS Charging Solutions. Where can people find out more about you, Joel? You can find us uh, online, www.soschargingsolutions.com. Uh, but we're also very active on Twitter, very active on Instagram. Um, yeah, that's that's where we are. You can find us there, and we're, we'll definitely interact with you. Well, we come back from the break. Still a lot more tech to talk here on Get Connected. Uh, we'll uh, be chatting with... Uh the man behind uh, an app that uh, brings people together. If you're looking for friends in a new city, there's an app for that. And also, uh, how to uh, make sure that uh, you uh, look after all your digital information and so it doesn't get into the wrong hands. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here in the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here in studio. We still have lots more to talk about on today's uh, program. But let's talk about... Uh, being lonely, and uh, apps that can help get you uh, out of that. Uh, on the line, we've got Julian Ilson. He's uh, one of the founders, uh, one of the men behind We3. Thanks for joining us, Julian. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me here. Uh, this is an interesting app, uh, and if I get this straight here, it's uh, something you load to your smartphone, and it'll help you find uh, new friends in groups of three. Did I get that right? Yeah, pretty much. You just answer a bit about yourself, your personality, your lifestyle, beliefs, and things like that, and then we'll connect you with the most compatible people around you in groups of three. What, uh, what made you make this app? Well, I, I'm actually Mexican. I, I came to Montreal to do my degree, and then after I finished university, most of my friends actually left the city. They were also from out of town. And, and having to restart... Uh, that cycle, you know, making new friends from scratch once you're an adult is pretty frustrating and daunting. You know, you get busy, you get pickier, uh, but uh, really having to start that from scratch every single time and, and doing all of the tips and tricks that you, you hear about online, join a club, go to a bar, I mean, these are just terribly time-consuming uh, ways to go about it. And so I just knew there had to be something better. So after starting from scratch a bunch of times, I decided I needed to fix this on my own. And, and when, did you, uh, when did you create this? So I, I decided to put my other startup on hold at the end of 2015. And, and then uh, I just started working on this full-time for all of 2016 and half of 2017. And then we just 
launched it uh, in mid-2017, so about a year ago, uh, in New York City alone. And then once we started growing there and people all over the world were asking us to open up uh, the, the platform, then that's when we, we, we did that a few months later. Why only three friends? Well, three is, is sort of like a magic number here when it comes to meeting uh, new people at, at the beginning. So, so it's, it, it's not one-on-one, so it doesn't feel awkward whenever there's an awkward silence. Uh, there's not that much pressure to contribute to the conversation once you're in a group dynamic, and so you can really be yourself. And, and so that's where three comes in. And if it's four or more, then, then often the conversation splits up into multiple conversations of two. And, uh, but when, with your three... Uh, even if that happens, there's this kind of pressure for to, to bring everyone back into the conversation. And, and so really three is optimal at the initial stages of getting to know someone new. Uh, so I'm going to ask some questions here. What if you don't like one of the three that you get hooked oh, well, up with? <laughs> well, you can, you can always just, uh, you know, keep chatting with the other person uh, on, on another platform or whatever. Or if that person doesn't like you guys either, and he can just leave the tribe. By the way, this is what we call these groups of three tribes. And uh, could this be used as a, a dating app as well? Well, we designed almost everything to prevent that from, from happening. So, so um, first of all, profiles on We3 are private. Not, they're, not, they're never public. You can't actually just swipe around and see who's on it. Uh, only those you've matched with can see you. So that already... Uh, deters a lot of people from using it as a dating app because they're matched. You can't. You don't even see what they look like before you you, you form the tribe. Um, and uh, matching with people of three also kind of dissuades people from from using it as a dating app. And the last piece is that we currently match users uh, of the same gender. So that's caused uh, a, a bit of an issue. A lot of people have uh, reached out to me very kind of ki- kindly, mentioning how sometimes they just don't fit into this binary. Uh, bucket, uh, but really, uh, most even even those uh, people that that are kind enough to message us, they they identify with with one or the other. So so all of those things really kind of prevent this from sliding into a a dating a dating project. So I have to ask, uh, other than trying to you know bring the world together, how do you make money with this? Yeah. So so the current way that we do that is we we don't have ads. So we don't want to plaster your, your phone with ads. I mean, there's no news feed. There's, there's, we're not trying to keep you on the app in any way. We're really trying to connect you with people and get you out in the real world. And the way that we're uh, making money right now is um, to start a tribe, uh, you need tokens. And you get a bunch of them for free as you complete different levels where you answer questions about yourself. But then uh, once you run out, you can either – they put and wait for other highly compatible people to start tribes, and then you'll be invited for free. Or if you want to just start more tribes on demand, just go crazy, then you can buy more tokens and start them um, on the fly. So you can actually have more than one tribe going? Yeah, you can have multiple tribes. And you never have to pay, actually. You can just join the platform and, and, and start your own, the ones that you get for free, and then, and then just chill out and wait for uh, others to kind of come your way. Uh, do you know how many people are, are using this so far? Yeah, so about 125,000 people have downloaded the app so far. Wow. Uh, but most of those users are in kind of sparse 
uh, sparsely dense area. So, so there's, there's, um, we have our, our kind of key markets, and those are the major cities. But uh, in a lot of these uh, places, what we do is we actually let users to confirm the phone number, and they can even forget about it, uninstall the app. And as soon as we have a tribe within their area, we'll send them a text and tell them, hey, your tribe is ready, so that they can come back in only when it's useful for them. And so uh, we have about uh, 30,000 people that are, that are kind of in the pool uh, ready to, to kind of match. Talking with Julian Ilson, the the man behind We Three, an app uh, for creating your own tribe. If you're looking for uh, friends, maybe you're new to the city, it can be hard to meet people. Uh, you can actually use this app to uh, meet uh, a couple of other friends and and hang out. Uh, Julian, I want to thank you so much. Where can people get more information about this? Yeah, just go to We Three appcom and you'll find all the info you need right there. Thanks again for joining us, Julian. Thanks a lot, Mike. Have a great one. When we come back from the break, we still have a lot more tech to talk here on Get Connected. You're listening to Get Connected here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here in studio. Well, October is Small Business Month, so why not talk about uh, some tech issues uh, around small businesses? Well, one of the big things uh, that I've noticed, and being a small business owner uh, near and dear to my heart, uh, a lot of uh, us small business owners don't really prioritize uh, the protection of our, our, our data. On the line, we've uh, got a great uh, guest. His name is Paul Sabas from Shredded. Thanks for joining us. Happy to be here. Thank you. Uh, wanted to get you on the line. You guys uh, have recently uh, done a study basically saying uh, small business owners kind of suck when it comes to looking after uh, their, their data. Well, I mean, that, that's probably a harsh word. I think that it is certainly a challenge for the small business operators I mean, we, you know, there's some data points here that I can certainly share with you where we know that 38% of the small business uh, owners have uh, reported not having any protocols in place when using electronic devices to contain confidential information. We also know that based on the survey, about 46% of the small businesses state they have no policy for storing and disposal of confidential information when an employee works off-site. So there's certainly some opportunities for sure to help uh, improve the level of security that the small business owners put on document information, electronic or, or, or physical as well. It's a good point. Uh, you know, I've been a small business owner uh, most of my adult life, and uh, and I'm a tech guy, but, uh, you know, I, I looked at some of these uh, these stats here, and I'm like, I'm one of those poor saps that's not protecting their data properly. Like, uh, we have a lot of employees that work at home and, and off-site, uh, uh, and, yeah, I don't know where all that data is going. So, obviously, yeah, and, I'm not alone. No, no, you're not. And, and that's, that's what we're trying to do, and that's one of the reasons why we issue the security tracker on an annual basis is to try to help bring people's education level up and remind them that there is some important things to do. So, I mean, there's the, the simple things with the physical data, you know, which is really simple. Like if you're finished for the day and even if you work at home, you should still secure your information in a locked cabinet because, you know, visitors come in, they may look at something that's strategic for one of your clients, but it may help them in what they do. And it may be accidental, but, you know, those are things we always want to do. We obviously, the basics protect your computer so that, you know, when you log on, you have to enter a password. Um, so those are two for the, you know, basic, you know, data that we see all the time. And obviously, anything you're done with, you want to shred. 
But when it comes to the other types of data breaches, the electronic ones, what we have to remember is is that the employees that we have working for us, the certainly, and we'll pick on the millennials for a second, one of the challenges is, is that because they're so strong technically, we just presume that they know what to do and how to secure their information. The reality is, is that presumption is completely wrong. Because, again, the survey points out that the large number of millennials really don't worry about data store or data safety. And that's the one thing we have to remind ourselves to, to train and teach them on what they need to do in order to protect the data that belongs to the company. Do you have any tips or tricks for the small business owners out there and, and the millennials? Because I love picking on them, too. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. So we're on the same page here. So I think it comes down to a couple of things. First of all, even as a small business owner, you know, we say develop a corporate mobile device strategy. And, you know, that sounds very, very ominous. But the reality of it is, is that you should segregate between your personal phone and your work phone, number one. That's in an ideal state. Not everyone can do it, but you should do that. You should make sure that your phone is always password protected and it's configured in such a way that after, you know, a short period of time of unuse, it automatically locks up. Now, is that a pain for the user? Absolutely. But what it does is it provides certainty that if the phone gets lost, then, you know, people have to try to hack it to get into it. And we know that, you know, I think it's what, 10 attempts and after that it's gone. So that's one thing that you can do. The other thing is, is that as you, your business grows and your computer equipment get, gets outdated, make sure that before you decide to, you know, donate your computer or throw it in the trash that you pull your hard drive and you make sure that that gets erased by a company that's capable of doing that. So you get that destroyed. A third thing is that when you go out into the public space, because, you know, a lot of times, I know for myself, and I'm sure you know as well, when you're out and you want to get caught up on a couple emails, you may go to a coffee shop and they have free Wi-Fi, which is really, really great. But one of the challenges with free Wi-Fi, that means everyone can listen in and sort of, if they have the right tool, see what you're doing. So we recommend that you work with a third party to and have a virtual private network installed. And so that when you log on to your computer, you do it through your virtual private network, your VPN, and that way your data is secure. Well, a lot of people don't realize that uh, Wi-Fi networks, and you know, we're seeing more so with uh, coffee shop Wi-Fi networks, can be easily hacked. Correct. And I mean, and the thing is that you know, you, you look at that, you tie the fact that people go there, but that's partly because there's more and more people working off-site. They're not working within the, the confines of the physical building. And so that's why you really want to ensure that as a small business owner, you work with your telecom provider and deter- get a, a private network that you can access and therefore uh, make sure all your data stays secure. A lot of people think that's uh, complicated and expensive, but I, I guess, uh, you know, when you really look at it, if, uh, you know, you're a business owner, your, your information, your company's information, and more importantly, your customer's information is vitally important to keep that private. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, we have uh, some of the data that we have is, is that, and the average cost of a data breach for a large entity can be in excess of $6 million. And so if you think about it, you know, maybe it's not $6 million for your business, but certainly if something was to happen that one of your competitors got some key critical information and could use that 
against you, what happens to you as an individual small business owner? Can you continue to operate your business as a result of that? Because obviously there would be a stain on your reputation, which would be very hard to get back. We're talking uh, with uh, our friend Paul Sabas from Shreddit, uh, all about uh, keeping your company's digital information uh, private and secure. Where can people find out more about uh, you and, and Shreddit, Paul? You can certainly go to our website at uh, www.shreddit.com. There's lots of information there, and the results of the security tracker are there as well. You can see all the information that we discussed as well today. Thanks for joining us today, Paul. My pleasure. Thank you. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk here on Get Connected. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs, here on the Chorus Radio Network, back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike and Graham here. We've got a little bit of time left, uh, and we're going to do a primer on shortcuts. So if you have an Apple device, uh, an iPhone, uh, or an iPad, uh, now you are able to access what are called Siri shortcuts as of iOS 12. And so these are handy little things to make life easier on your iOS device, literally. And so it's all activated by voice. It's activated by voice, but actually there's a really cool trick here that you can uh, activate it right on your phone as well. So that's one of the things I wanted to talk about. So Siri shortcuts um, basically grew out of an app called Workflow. Apple bought this app, I think last year, and has repurposed it into an app called Shortcuts. If you don't have it on your phone right now, you can go and download that. And these are almost like recipes of things that you want to do. So you can have a one-touch button to play your favorite playlist or a one-touch button to uh, start a timer that goes as long as you want to brush your teeth. You know, you brush your teeth for 120 seconds, so it starts a 120-second timer. And so you can uh, use shortcuts. You can, you can speak this and get it to go and do that. So, hey, Siri, go and do this thing. Uh, but what you can also do is basically click on the shortcut itself. There's that little three dots in the app where the shortcut is that gives you that contextual menu. In there, you'll see the share sheet, right? It's a little box with the arrow on it. If you do that, at the bottom, you'll see add to home screen. Oh, you can can, add this like a little app. You can add this like an app button. So basically, on your phone screen, you can have these shortcuts that do these very specific tasks that you've probably gone a a roundabout way of trying to get this thing done in the past. You now have a one-touch button to do that, as well as being able to speak it. Give Um, give an example of a Siri shortcut. um, So say, for example, um, you know, I, I have a great playlist of morning music. And so I can get up in the morning and say, you know, hey, Siri, go and play my morning music playlist. And she'll go and do that for me. But if I'm getting up in the morning, I'm still a little bleary. I can just open my phone up and right on the home screen there, there's that button. I tap that. It starts playing the music and plays that playlist on shuffle. Got it. So shortcuts are kind of neat because there is a gallery there. And people are writing these shortcuts hand over fist right now. They're, they're some really okay, so sm- other people are making them. Some really smart people making some really cool <laughs> smarter ones. Smarter than me. Right? Well, and people who have the time and energy and effort to go through and sort of, because it's almost like a programming language. Yes. Uh, they go through and they debug this stuff and make sure that it works properly. So you can go through the gallery and kind of shop for shortcuts and figure out the ones, the ones that you want, add them, and uh, you can do it that way. I've got a really great one that I uh, downloaded that if I take a screenshot on my device, I can run this shortcut and we'll put the screenshot inside the frame, a visual frame of my phone so I now have an image that has the screenshot inside the phone so it looks like I've taken a picture of the phone. <laughs> it seems very silly for a lot of people but for the type of things that I do with some you know, marketing initiatives and stuff like that, it's really great to have. So if you haven't downloaded shortcuts already, 
go download it. If you like a shortcut and want to be able to trigger it automatically, uh, just press the or pr trigger it with one touch of a button. Uh, add it to your home screen with that share sheet and uh, go try some some shortcuts out. Let us know what you think. Siri shortcuts. That's all the time we have left for Get Connected. Don't forget to listen to the app show tomorrow morning here on CKNW 980 at 10 a.m. This is Mike and Graham logging off for Get Connected. We'll see you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.